Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with serial entrepreneur. He has a focus on software as a service, SAAS, technology, and information marketing. In his role as a mentor and coach to entrepreneurs, he has helped small business owners make the transition from solopreneur to business owner, an important distinction that many entrepreneurs can easily miss when working in their business instead of on their business. Since 1988, he has been helping entrepreneurs discover their core strengths in themselves and their business. He's got a lot of great stories. Enjoy. Well, hey, man, it's great to meet you. I want to begin our conversation Likewise. before we get into your life as an entrepreneur by um, asking you, how did you survive the pandemic the last? I mean, we're going on four years, but it was the pretty yeah. much two, two and a half, three years. How did you get through it? And how did it change you? For the most part, uh, all of my companies have always been virtual. You know, our team's global. We're distributed. Um, I've always worked from home. And when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh, well, we're at, we're at home. I have a great home office. Um, my team is, you know, some are nomadic and others are just globally distributed and they are used to working wherever as well. So it was sort of business as usual, uh, from a business standpoint, um, from a family standpoint, suddenly, you know, kids are home from school. Um, my wife's, you know, sharing the home office with me. Um, and it was actually like really great family time. Um, not without those challenges, but it's delightful time to be together and, you know, really have all the family meals, all the activities, all the everything together. So we we really, you know, I would say we thrived during that time. It was good. So let's get to the heart and soul of what you do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at career day. And one of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? My entire career since, you know, my very first business, which I started, you know, back in school decades ago, has been around empowering entrepreneurs and working with business owners. Um, so that typically comes in the form of helping them to scale or grow their business. Uh, and really the bigger picture is why are you in business in the first place? Um, for the most part, many entrepreneurs want a version of freedom. Some think of business as providing you know, financial freedom, which it certainly can if done right. But really entrepreneurial freedom is around the freedom of time. That gives you optionality or choice. So all my work and all my businesses over the years has been helping entrepreneurs to find that freedom of time and have a choice in how they spend that time here on this earth. So let's go back to where you were born and raised. How did these seeds of being an entrepreneur and helping people, how did all of that become who you are today? Well, my very first business, you know, I started back in high school um, and that spun off to another one. And really every business has spun off additional businesses from there. Um, I realized that working with business owners um, is really empowering because you see the impact you make and how you can help them out. Um, the idea of entrepreneurship, I don't think is something I sought out directly. Um, in fact, I was sort of helping some businesses out while going to school and trying to balance both of those. And I faced this really interesting choice of you know, continuing down the path of balancing school, but only so much business that I could attend to, or putting school on hold. And so I made that really challenging decision to put the pause button on school and take care of that little bump, that little you know, increase in business. Uh, and what I didn't realize is that was actually going to be the new normal. And um, I still have not gone back and finished up uh, formal education since. Um, my wife tells me that when we met, she knew she's like, oh yeah, he's, he's never going to go back to school. Yeah. Uh, she could tell. And I, I still think there's a glimmer that someday, maybe I'll go back and finish that up. You know, when I was in college, I was, I, it took me four and a half years and at year four, I was like, I'm going to take a break. And my friend was like, don't be an idiot. Just do it. Get it out Pretty of the sure. way. Just, just do it. And there's a part where, yeah, if things are going good, go for it, you know? Yeah. But I think too, there's just some people that hit that fatigue, but it's just so hard to go back when you get out of rhythm, you know? 
So. Once you've re really made that change to then switch back is challenging. I think, you know, finding a way to make it work from a hybrid standpoint could be valuable. But the question is, why? Like, what are yeah. you looking for? For me, it would never be about a degree, right? right. A degree is not going to do much for me. Yeah. The value I see from a formal education is that network, is the people you get to know, the people you're in the trenches with, uh, you know, as you get ready for exams and work on projects and those lifelong connections you still have. And that is one of those pieces I look back and say, yeah, I, I see the value of that in school. Yeah, for sure. So Jeremy, at the end of the day, um, who's been a hero for you in your life? In terms of heroes, you know, um, I look to, not to individuals by name so much, but rather the folks who, you know, have the perspective of being towards the end of life and looking back and sort of the wisdom that comes with that perspective. And you've never found someone lying in their deathbed saying, oh, I wish I worked another hour of my life, right? I wish I, you know, climbed that career ladder more or did more in that regard. The biggest regrets that I hear from folks later in life is I wish I'd spent more time with my family, right? I wish I'd spent more time in my community. I wish I spent more time giving back and doing the things I love. And so those lessons I've taken to heart. And so when we look at entrepreneurial freedom and the freedom that comes um, with having your own business, a lot of that comes down to choosing how you spend your time. So you can prioritize being there with a growing family, right? Being there with loved ones, doing the things that matter and finding the experiences you you really you know want to have in life earlier and not later. Um, I had some really personal experience in this regard. You know, uh, within a period of nine months, both you know my mother and my mother-in-law and father-in-law all passed away wow. from very different things, and they were at that age in life, you know, uh, retirement age, just dipping their toe into retirement. And I had seen them spend their lives saying, "When I retire." I'm going to go on this trip. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to have this experience. I'll spend the time doing the stuff I love when I retire. And retirement came. And then, you know, within a year or so, um, they were no longer. So, you know, I look towards those, you know, those very near and dear experiences and say, you know, what can we be doing differently? Right. How do we spend that time with family now? How do we create that space to have the adventures to, you know, be part of our community to give back and help out now, not sometime later. And entrepreneurship really provides that. Yeah, for sure. So if you could meet one person alive on the planet you find inspirational, who would it be? Who would you love to meet and talk to? So, you know, I'm, I'm not so much a, a follower of you know, the celebrities and the big names and, and you know, individuals like that. Um, so, you know, I'm going to say category wise, yeah. um, you know, I had a side project that started that was uh, all around date night ideas. Um, one of the things that's really important to my wife and I is getting our date nights in. We find that by nurturing our own individual hobbies and interests and passions, it makes us a better person. By taking care of our relationship, it makes us a better spouse. And by being better spouses, it helps us be better parents. And there's this whole ripple effect. Um, so as a, as a fun side idea, people were always saying to us, wow, like you guys always do these really fun date nights. You know, uh, Where do you get these ideas? You know, How do you go beyond just like going out for dinner? Um, and so we started publishing, writing some fun content around that years ago. Um, and during that time, you know, I found myself wondering, like, we hear about couples who are together, you know, for decades, 60 years celebrating, you know, 70 years of marriage. What is it that, you know, has made that so successful and wonderful for them? Um, and so what I really enjoy doing is talking to folks who, um, who've had these, you know, forever long, wonderful marriages and finding out what works. And so those are the folks I really love talking to. Because they've they've figured out how to how to keep things strong, yeah, over a long period of time. That's a great answer. Who's your favorite entrepreneur? 
Um, favorite entrepreneur is an interesting one. Um, you know, again, I look at not so much individual names of you know who I'm following, wanted, wanting to be more like. Um, you know, there's there's a big culture out there around the hustle culture, right? And these are usually the names that we hear a lot about. These are you know the speakers who are telling you, look, while you're sleeping, your competition's out there eating your lunch, right? They're, they're chasing down and taking your business, um, and that's sort of the loud vibe out there. Those are the names that we see speaking, talking, writing books, and those are the big names we hear about a lot. Right, those make headlines. The people who work twenty-seven hours a day, six days a week, right? The quiet entrepreneurs, the ones you don't hear so much about, the ones who are living a meaningful, good life, while also building a business that supports that. Um, those are the names who aren't out there writing, writing books and you know speaking from stages and and you know being big and loud out there. Um, so it's, it's those quiet entrepreneurs that we don't hear about are the ones that you know I you know I really admire the most and you know I feel a champion of as well. So what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Um, so when I look at advice, you mean like business advice, life advice, all of the above? Venn diagram can bleed together. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And and they often do. Yeah. Um, Advice-wise, um, I had a really interesting experience years back. I had a business partnership and we had a business coach that was working with us. Um, and we got to the point over the years of, you know, of building and growing this business with my business partner that for some reason we weren't seeing eye to eye. And, you know, we went to our business coach and said, Hey, like, we don't know what's not working, but like communication's not going how we expect it to be going. Um, somehow we just seem off. And so he sat us down and one of the exercises he worked us you know, through was figuring out what our priorities were. And at the stage in life where we were, you know, we're, um, you know, my partner had had a, started a family. I hadn't yet started a family. Um, I was very much about the the growth, the operations, the business side of it. And she was looking at the business as supporting her family and her life. And so when we sat down and figured out what our priorities were on this, we realized that our top three were completely flipped. So for her, her one was my three, our twos were the same. And then, you know, her three was my one. And that was really eye-opening to realize how almost at odds we were in how we're making decisions and how we're doing things. And so that advice that we got in terms of figuring out what our priorities are and why we're in this in the first place can help drive the decisions. And so that sort of dovetails into you know, something related, um, which is we always hear about figuring out you know, what's your mission, your vision, your purpose, what are your core values and those kinds of things. And we hear about how we're supposed to do that, mm -hmm. but like no one ever talks about how to do that. Yeah. And when you figure out what's really driving you and all that, and you go through the formal process of, of boiling that down, you can use this as guideposts to help make your decision. Uh, a really impactful, helpful book I found on that was, uh, was track, Traction by Gina Wickman. He was the first one who actually walked through what the conversation you want to have with your team should look like to figure out the core values and all that. And once we've done that at my companies, we can use those as, um, as almost like a, a rubric for decision-making. So we're looking to figure something out. We can say, well, Maybe that sounds exciting or interesting, but how does that support our mission, our vision, our purpose, our core value, and so on? Uh, and that's been really, really valuable, both in that business partnership I was talking about, as well as other businesses since. So of all of the things that you've done so far in your life, what are you the proudest of? In terms of you know, uh, pride, you know, before we started a family, um, People always said like, oh my gosh, like wait till you have kids. Like life is totally different. You guys aren't going to travel as much as you travel. You're not going to enjoy your hobbies as much as you're going to you know, do that. Uh, get out for date nights and all those things. 
And we started a family and continued to travel the world. We continued to have date night. We continued to follow our interests, our passions, our hobbies, and our interests. Um, we continued to host great parties and surround ourselves with friends and family. And slowly, you know, people would realize this and they'd say, you know, wow, hey, Jeremy, we, we noticed you guys still um, host really fun parties and they've got babies, right? Oh, you guys are still traveling the world or you're still having fun. You're still cycling. You're still cooking. You're still, you're doing all these great things. How are you doing that? Um, and we said, well, it's simply a matter of if that's what's important, we build a life around that. Yeah. Right. So, um, so being mindful of what it is you want to create and creating the businesses and the life and everything else to support that um, is so, so important. And that's something we've been really intentional about. So what's the greatest thing about living out there by Silicon Valley? We've, you know, I've always been able to work remotely or work from wherever, which is wonderful. Um, and we've lived in some really great places. And so it's kind of funny. We always poke fun at the fact that of all the places we can live in the world, we live in one of the most expensive parts of the country, one of the most expensive places in the world, you know, in Silicon Valley. Um, and it's, it's not for that reason. Um, it happens to be that my, uh, my brother had moved out of here before I had, um, and started a family. And so we decided to move out here, um, to be closer to their growing family. And at the time that was, uh, when we made the decision, he had a nine month old and now he has three, three teams. Um, and it's been so incredible being along, you know, for every, you know, for the birthdays, for the family celebrations, for all the things together, um, each step of the way. And now we've started our own family for the cousins to have that time together um, has been wonderful. And even though I'm based here, you know, in the heart of Silicon Valley, where so much of the world's innovations and things happen, my team is distributed and is not anywhere near here. Um, so we're, uh, you know, we're here uh, primarily for family. Um, and we like to joke it's for family. It's for the great weather and the wonderful Mexican food. <laughs> so nice. it's been it's been great. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. If a time machine pulled up in front of your house when we get off this call and you can go anywhere in time and see one event in human history, where are you going? Human history is so interesting. You know, I look at how we've evolved uh, and sort of the, the pace of innovation and growth. Um, if you look at just what's happened in our lifetime, we've come so far. And then you talk to, you know, the next generation or two generations older who are still around and you realize like they were here for like, they were born before we had planes, right? Yeah. Let alone talking about internet or you know any modern day conveniences we have. Like they were here before we had real transit beyond a ship sailing over an ocean for months, where half the people are gone by the time you get where you're going. Like what a different time we live in, and just the generations that are alive today. Yeah. So uh, going back too far um, isn't that much of interest, and you know we don't know what the future will look like, but even a few years in the future, um, I could, I, you know, I still see as being so directly different than, than how we see things today. Yeah. Um, so no, I would choose to go back, but not, not terribly far. Yeah. Cool. So everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? So, you know, I've always viewed myself as a builder when I look back to my interests, even as a kid, right? I'm talking, you know, before preschool era, my interest in things all the way to today, it's always been around building and creating, um, whether that's from Legos as a kid or, you know, art or architectural things or companies or systems, right? It's always around building. So I've always identified strongly with, um, with being a builder and a creator of things. Um, 
I've been told by others that, you know, I seem to be a creator of communities. Um, I find people who have similar interests and create a community around myself. And I never really saw that perspective in myself, but that kind of tracks to the building. Uh, it's just building communities um, that are supportive of, you know, building connections and building shared interests. So Excellent. I, I strongly identify as a builder. Yeah, for, for sure. So if anyone out there wants to learn more about you, reach out, get involved, how can they do that? Yeah, so at bayareamastermind.com, um, that's my main website. And a lot of the writing and things I do around finding financial freedom, finding freedom of time, entrepreneurship and all that, uh, the interviews that I do and everything, it's all over at bayareamastermind.com. Uh, and that's really also where I talk about uh, the power of the mastermind and how that's been so instrumental and influential to me you know, throughout my career, not just in terms of business growth, but personal, personal growth as well. Um, I'm also over on LinkedIn. You can find me, you know, Jeremy Shapiro. Um, on LinkedIn and anywhere else as well. Excellent. Jeremy, thank you, man. Thank you for your story. Thank you for your time. And I appreciate it. Have a great day, man. Yeah, you too. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Yeah.